Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Coming up on DTNS, Enreal makes a stab at another smart glasses form factor. You asked for a repairable phone, but are you going to buy it? And the war between the Wall Street Journal and Facebook continues. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, September 30th. We're all out of September 2021 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Redwood, I'm Sarah Lane. From Austin, Texas, I'm Justin Robert Young. And I'm Roger Chang, the show's producer. I can't remember who we were supposed to wake up, but wake them up. September has ended. <laughs> uh, we were just That's talking a really about... really sad song, Tom. <laughs> we were just talking about AI and uh, whether AI can be artisanal. That was our one of our Good Day Internet conversations. You can listen in by becoming a member at patreon.com slash DTNS. That's where you can join our top patrons like Jeff Wilkes, Paul Reese, and Dr. X17. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Some iPhone users report that several accessibility-focused Siri commands that share details and can perform functions on things like phone calls, voicemails, and sending emails are no longer functional on iOS. It's not just iOS 15. It's across multiple versions. For example, asking Siri to play my voicemail messages now returns a, sorry, I can't do that response or something similar. A user on the Apple Vis forums, uh, like Apple Visual forums, say that they were told by Apple support that Apple is aware of the issue. Apple Pay has a feature called Express Transit that lets you make a contactless payment without unlocking your device. Pretty slick. You just tap your phone at a metro station gate and get right through. Well, scientists at Birmingham and Surrey University found a way to use this feature to make an unauthorized payment from a locked phone linked to a Visa credit card. Had to be Visa. An attacker would need equipment to mimic a transit ticket machine, so it's not something everybody can do, and then relay signals from the phone through that machine to an Android app to a contactless payment terminal. The signal is modified to trick the payment terminal into thinking the phone is unlocked and the payment is authorized. The mimicked ticket machine would need to be near the targeted iPhone, so the most likely scenario would be using this on a stolen phone that you can't unlock. The attack has only been shown to work in the lab. Visa does not believe it's practical in the wild, and so therefore it doesn't sound like they're going to bother fixing it because it's confident its fraud detection system would spot the activity. 
However, Samsung Pay and MasterCard, even on Apple Pay, are not vulnerable to the attack. The USB Implementers Forum introduced new logos to be used on USB cables that indicate if they can charge with up to 240 watts of power, a feature recently added to the spec. The new logos are to be used if a cable or port supports that 240 charging or 40 gigabit per second transferred speeds or both. There's also a logo for 240 watt chargers. USB logos without the numbers are still used for cables that only support 20 gigabit per second transfer speeds or 60 watt charging. It's that easy. Uh, Intel announced its second-gen neurotrophic chip, Luihi 2, and Lava, an open-source framework for developing applications for it. Members of the Intel Neuromorphic Research Community, or INRC, can get two cloud-based servers running on Luihi 2. Neuromorphic, not neurotrophic. Neuromorphic computing mimics the human nervous system. Members of INRC have used neuromorphic chips for advances in applications like speech recognition and autonomous navigation. An Accenture test found the previous version of Luihi was a thousand times more energy efficient and 200 milliseconds faster at voice commands compared to a standard GPU. On Thursday, Honda announced plans to build its first electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft, the EVTOL, or EVTOL, built with a gas turbine hybrid unit and enough range to take passengers between cities, not just within a city. In a new robotic advance, Honda also showed off a proof-of-concept avatar of a robotic hand with fingers controlled remotely by a human in another location, which Honda says it'll be ready to show off in more detail by 2024. Honda also has a new partnership with Japan's JAXA space program to build a circulative renewable energy system on the lunar surface with oxygen supplying living quarters with air for lunar colonists while the hydrogen refuels their rockets. Ah, This is what the car companies are doing. Hyundai, Honda, Toyota. uh, They're all trying to be robotics companies, AI companies. All right, let's talk about Fairphone. You ever heard of Fairphone? Fairphone makes easy-to-repair smartphones with sustainable materials. Uh, You can use a Phillips-head screwdriver. That's all you need. No special screwdriver even. And swap out modules for displays, batteries, back covers, USB-C ports, loudspeakers, earpieces, rear cameras, and selfie cameras. Fairphones always receive a perfect score from iFixit. And Fairphone recycles one phone or an equal amount of e-waste for every device it sells. And it just announced a new one, the Fairphone 4. Now, the knock on Fairphones have been that their specs aren't usually very impressive, but the Fairphone 4 not only has the usual modular design, but a 6.3-inch 1080p LCD, 6 or 8 gigs of RAM, and 128 or 256 gigs of storage, as well as a micro SD card slot, along with two rear cameras, one of which can record up to 4K at 30 frames per second. These specs aren't going to blow you away, But they're decent. They're mid-range now. Despite the removable rear cover, which is good for repairs, it's still managed to get an IP54 rating, making it splash-proof. It's the first waterproof of any kind on a Fairphone. That means uh, they did have to lose the headphone jack, though. That's going to be a ding. Got to have a wireless uh, Bluetooth headsets to use it. Its major upgrade is a 5... Or I guess a USB-C, because it does have a USB-C port. Its major upgrade, though, is a five-year warranty and a promise of two major Android updates and software support until the end of 2025, and they're hoping they can extend that to 2027. Fairphone 4 ships October 25th, starting at 579 euros or 499 pounds sterling. It's a hobby phone. If you're really into this, if you really care about these elements, then buy it 
but it's likely because you're a very specialized market. Now, that market might be big enough for Fairphone to have a lot of success, and I very much wish them well, but I don't know if these kind of issues, which are tend to bubble up to the surface during technology kind of conversations when we talk about how hard it is to repair certain kind of flagship phones, necessarily bubbles into a mainstream market. Well, I think Tom's point that this, you know, you're reading out the specs, it's not super impressive, but it's not a crappy phone either. Uh, I know Fairphone has, has been around for a while. And yes, the, the folks who love that modular design, who want to be able to swap out uh, parts, whether you're just swapping them out or because there's something wrong with them. I mean, it is, it is a, it's a, it's a pretty big group of folks. Um, and to have a phone that sure, it's not going to be the flagship phone, uh, that you might pay a little bit more for, you're still not paying top dollar for it either. So this isn't cheap. This is like over uh, it's not cheap, but it's not for a hundred dollars. Oh, it's upper mid range, upper mid range, not, not bargain. But also, oh. you know, it's not above a thousand bucks. So, yeah, I don't know. I would be calling people on the carpet here like, hey, you want that repairable phone? Here it is. You got to buy it. Except they didn't include a headphone jack. So I know every single one of them that isn't going to buy this would be like, well, I would if it had a headphone jack. So Of course. <laughs> because, you know, I don't know. Okay, moving on to some AR. Why don't we? Augmented reality company Nreal announced a new project called Air Glasses, a more compact and cheaper version of its smart glasses. The company expects it'll be a fraction of the price of the previous version. Previous version was around $600, so... Okay, whatever a fraction of that is. The air glasses connect to a phone for power. They don't have any cameras for sensing the world around them, so in that sense, they're like totally different than the Facebook... Facebook, what are they called, Tom? The Facebook? The uh, the the Ray-Ban, Ray-Ban. Uh, the Ray-Ban. <laughs> the Facebook Ray-Ban. How quickly we forget. Yes, the collab. The Facebook walk. The Facebook, anyway. Uh, let's go back to the air glasses while we're thinking of this. You can control the air glasses with a smartphone app, so you can think of them as pretty much just a wearable display that are on your face. They have two micro OLED displays with a refresh rate of 90 hertz. Pixel density of 499 PPD and a 46 degree field of view. And Real says they should be about like sitting three meters away from a 130 inch screen. So that's either going to seem like you're not far enough away or just right, maybe too close. The lenses can tilt at three angles to make the view a little bit more clear. And because they're focused on display alone, the air glasses are lighter than the previous and real light glasses, 77 grams, and look more like regular sunglasses because there's just less in there. And real air glasses work with iPhones, iPads, and most Android devices and are expected to begin shipping in December in Japan, China, and South Korea, with Europe and the U.S. to get them next year. Ray-Ban Stories. The Facebook Ray-Ban, Ray-Ban stories. stories. Yes, 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 yes. I forget Stories. Not That's to be confused with Facebook Stories. Uh, anyway, th- this is another interesting take. What we're seeing is companies going, well, the big holdup is people don't want a big bulky thing on their face. So what can we pack into glasses that still look like glasses uh, Facebook Ray-Ban Stories did it by saying, we'll just put cameras and mm-hmm. and and wireless and that's it. We won't do anything else. It's not going to be augmented reality. And Real is saying, we're going to put the lens, we're going to put lenses in there. We're going to put, we're going to put the ability to see a display, but you're going to have to plug it into your phone. No wireless. And this is really just, I'm on a plane and I want to lean back or maybe a train and have a display. Or I, I want to have a huge display without having to have a big, huge, heavy monitor or something like that. Maybe. I could see people wanting that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I like this idea in, in you know, uh, theory, mostly because I want people to take more swings at smart glasses. I like the idea that the, the Ray-Bans were, wear the camera glasses. Let's see if people like it. I like that this is, we are the heads-up display. What I don't love is the fact that it does need to plug in. I, I think that there is a world now where, uh, you know, in looking at, I always keep going back to the Google Glass experience because that I think was a very interesting example of what we liked and didn't like about a heads up display. But the fact that you got phone alerts on your face could be very interesting. It, it probably is less intrusive than looking at your watch to do it, which yep. makes you seem kind of a jerk. But uh, if you have to plug it in, then that takes away some of the ubiquity. Yeah, it's hard to call something air glasses that have to be plugged into something. Uh, I, and it, I know that folks uh, plug their headphones into uh, smart devices all the time, but being that the wireless option is pretty good these days and you don't need that, it's a tough sell. That said, I like the idea of a heads-up display if I'm wearing um, if I'm wearing glasses. I have a head up, heads-up display in my car. It doesn't give me a whole lot of information, but good stuff like how fast I'm going and if I'm getting into a school zone and you know the time of day and that sort of stuff. It's helpful. It's helpful to just kind of know that that's there and you don't really see it unless you want to engage. I, I like that idea in a heads-up display. I don't think I really have the need to take a lot of photos with, with my glasses. And maybe that's just because mm -hmm. not enough people do it that way yet. So I'm just not used to it. But the, but the having little information on something that, you know, is just sort of there when I'm looking straight ahead or even to the side that I am used to, and that I do like. Well, and I like the idea of being able to watch video. You know, but get getting yeah. uh, getting the equivalent of a hundred thirty inch screen to watch Netflix when I'm in the back of a lift or or on an airplane or you know sure. sitting in an airport for goodness sake. So I don't have to hold a thing in front of my face. Uh, that depends on what that fraction is, right? Is it yeah. five sixth of, of six hundred dollars <laughs> or, or less? Yeah, yeah. Don't be a coward. Put on the Oculus. Hey, uh, the president of the U.S. and two European Commission vice presidents met on Wednesday as part of the U.S.-EU Trade and Technology Council. The council was created in June to focus on security and trade, and by trade, it seems that they mean export controls for tech. The council also released a joint statement Wednesday saying it would deal with technology misuse and misinformation. Now, this council has set up 10 working groups. Some are pretty obvious, like technology standards, supply chain security, data governance, combating unlawful surveillance, and export controls. There are also working groups for connectivity in developing nations, screening foreign investors, and promoting digital tools for small business. And then there's one group which will work on non-market economic policies and practices that distort trade, which you could probably colloquially spell as C-H-I-N-A. Meanwhile, China applied to join the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, which was signed after the U.S. withdrew in 2018. Taiwan and the U.K. have also applied to join. I can't imagine this will be entirely bad or entirely good for the internet uh, uh, or technology in general. Uh, but it's certainly an indication that the battle lines are being drawn. Uh, it's not that we didn't know that, but here here they are. They got their big marker out and they said the U.S. and the EU are going to draw a line right around here. We're going to try to get 
developing countries on our side by helping them out. And we're going to try to combat China with this very long-winded named uh, working group. And, and at least we're seeing countries cooperate on technology policy, which is certainly important for things like the supply chain right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, our, our supply chain is in absolute disarray. So the idea of having not only everybody be on the same page, but also maybe take a look to the future so we can think about situations like this uh, before they arrive and, and maybe learn some lessons through this process is a very, very, very good thing. The question is exactly how effective it will be past that and whether or not it actually means anything to China. Uh, uh, obviously, they swing a very, very big stick when it comes to the fact that there is a lot of production over there and they have a massive, massive market. Yeah, I don't know if, if you have to affect China's opinion to be effective, though, right? You can you can put in place rules. And, and I think probably the biggest opportunities for this to have an effect is on security, uh, for sure. Hey, folks, uh, Know A Little More is coming back October 7th. If you haven't subscribed yet, now's the perfect time to get in on it. You can catch up on all the back episodes. Uh, and we will kick off the season October 7th with an interview with Stacey Higginbotham on Matter the smart home interoperability platform. We also have uh, episodes on RCS, lithium-ion batteries, the trusted platform module. There's even an episode back there on USB 4, if that story in the quick hits uh, earlier uh, confused you. Go get subscribed right now. Know a little more at knowalittlemore.com. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business... Whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Oh, who's ready for a little tech and media tussle? Yeah. Facebook 
and the Wall Street Journal have been at odds over the last week or so because of a series of reports by the Journal about internal research at Facebook. So, Facebook released by themselves two annotated PDFs of Slide Decks presenting, it, uh, presenting its research on the effects of Instagram on teen health. That's what this entire situation has been about. The documents are called Hard Life Moments, Mental Health Deep Dive and Mental Health Findings, as well as Teen Mental Health Deep Dive. Now, the Wall Street Journal published those plus four additional documents they say relied that they relied upon for their reporting on this subject. The additional documents that the journal published are teen girls body image and social comparison on Instagram, an exploratory study in the U.S., appearance based social media comparison on Instagram, social comparison topics, celebrities like count selfies and teen and young adults on IG and FB. Wall Street Journal reporter Jeff Horowitz claims that Facebook published its uh, two versions of the documents after the journal notified it on the paper's plan to publish all six. Now, a lot's being made about how to interpret the findings, and really that's been the scandal here. But let's talk about what we think of what Facebook did here in releasing their own slides and what we think they should have done or should do going forward. Yeah, we talked about a couple of these stories uh, when they were released by the Wall Street Journal last week. And I, I, I didn't think the research itself was as damning as a lot of headlines seem to think. Uh, it seemed to say that there is a negative effect, especially on people who are already having a negative effect. And that, that's useful to know. Uh, but to me, it was more about the fact that this research was there and helpful to understanding how social media is affecting folks. And it wasn't released. Uh, I I think what the Wall Street Journal uh, did in releasing all six arguably is a good thing because it allows more people to see what's going on. It's a bad thing because the people who best would look at these are people who actually are well versed in this topic and can contextualize it and understand and see like, ah, this is statistically significant. This is understandable in light of other research that's been done out here. Just kind of putting them out on, on the internet in general is going to lead to a lot of misinterpretation. But frankly, because Facebook isn't making this kind of research readily available outside of its walls, you kind of have to have something like what the wall street journal did happen for us to get a, a perfect picture. And I think it would be in Facebook's best long-term interests to open up this research, even at the risk of having some of those misunderstandings, because instead of it becoming a viral hit on Facebook, because it's a big headline, you could just be releasing them into the academic community and having people discussing them there. And then it's not as big of a story when it breaks, because it wasn't a secret Facebook was hiding. It's actually research that's being done to help make the world better. Yeah, I mean, there. It is. If you want to think of like any silver lining here uh, for you know the the average Facebook hater, I know that there are a lot of you out there. It's well, at least Facebook has been doing this research. Facebook is not just completely blind to the fact that there might be uh, negative results from somebody hanging out on Instagram. You know, to to using it too much, being of a certain age, uh, getting. Uh, um, results uh, for stuff that is particularly harmful based on other stuff that's going on in their life. It is good that Facebook 
you know, whether or not they're changing their their products and their platforms because of the research, but at least at least conducting the research and getting a little bit smarter about it, it does, yeah, it turns into something where it's like the Wall Street Journal's like, we're going to publish this, so you better, you know, you better be ready to to respond. And Facebook saying, okay, well, we're going to publish slightly different versions of at least two of these um, these uh, research studies uh, that that you obviously have gotten a hold of anyway. So then it becomes kind of a reactionary thing, like, ah, Facebook had to respond. But I'm with you, Tom. If Facebook – they're in kind of a weird position because if the company was like, hey, we're going to do a quite a, quite a few uh, s- uh, studies that are very particularly focused you know, on young people and, and, and possible negative harm that these sorts of platforms are doing to them – you really have to let the public know that in a well in a in a well thought out way so that there isn't just this knee jerk reaction of people saying i mean even internally facebook thinks it's harmful look at what they're doing yeah it's when you hide it i'm sorry real quickly it's when you hide it that people assume it's really bad right the reason you're hiding it is because it shows you're horrible and actually these don't show as bad of a thing as you might expect nor does it show that they were hiding it Right. Like like this may or may not be something that they ever intended to be for public consumption. This was for an internal dialogue that theoretically would be more effective than litigating this through the press. Facebook has no choice but to double down on on their product, especially when we're talking about something that is as complicated as an effect on uh, teens or teen girls specifically. You want to know what's harmful to being a teen or a teen girl being a teen? Like this is a rough time in life and Facebook certainly being the mirror of its own cohort is going to be associated with that element of one person's, uh, uh, you know, a path to adulthood. There, There is nothing here to me, either in this story or in the way that Facebook has responded to it, that is anything less than a moral panic uh, argument by the Wall Street Journal. This is the same as saying that MTV was uh, creating sociopaths by the way that it depicted people in music videos, which compared to what music videos look like today is an, an exceedingly quaint and ridiculous argument. I, I'll only disagree in that I think the moral panic is being done by others reporting on the Wall Street Journal. If you read the Wall Street Journal articles, they're, they're fairly balanced and they're not, I don't think, egregiously fanning the flames of panic, but it's still having that effect. I also think when I say Facebook is hiding it, I mean, Facebook is combating NYU researchers from using publicly available data. Facebook, while they have a system to share data with academics. Academics complain that they restrict what data they can get and make it less than useful. That When I say hiding it, I mean, they, they could be doing a lot more to help people study all this stuff rather than doing studies and then leaving them inside. Go, go publish them and, I, and make I, them I, available. I, I, I agree. I do think that they could do it. I can understand internally that sure. they could say, why, why are we going to hand people knives so they can stab us? And I think... You end up getting stabbed more when you don't cooperate, you know, put the knives in the hands of people who want to like dice a cabbage with them instead of stab you in the back. Beat their <laughs> cabbage knives into plowshares. Stick with cabbage. Uh, all right. Real quickly, back in 2009, Bluestacks was founded to make software that lets you run Android apps on Windows and Mac OS. Uh, and now Bluestacks is moving into the cloud with the aim of playing Android games in the browser across iOS, Windows, macOS, Android, and Linux. Not just the aim, you can do it. Today, Bluestacks X is launched. It offers ad-supported free mobile game streaming. The ads are pre-rolls. They don't interrupt the gameplay. You don't have to pay anything, though. And the whole thing runs on Bluestacks' corporate sibling, 
now.gg. That's a hybrid cloud platform running with AWS Graviton servers. So the whole thing is kind of also an advertisement for now.gg if you're a business looking for something like that. You can try out these games and see how that platform works. Bluestacks X can also offload some compute and graphics to the local machine, but you don't have to download anything. This is also different than the Android app compatibility Microsoft is bringing to Windows 11. That integration uses Amazon's Android store, whereas Bluestacks works with Google Play apps, so the developers don't have to do anything. Bluestacks X also works with a Discord bot called Cloudy that can be used to share gameplay sessions. So you can connect all the players in a session to a Discord voice channel automatically when they begin playing. It launched in beta with 14 cloud games, including Raid Shadow Legends, Disney Sorcerer's Arena, and Lords Mobile Kingdom Wars. Try it out right now, x.bluestacks.com, if you like. You don't have to, but it's there. I think it's well. I'm surprised no one else has called a bot cloudy before. Maybe maybe little, they have. I was a little yeah, like, is that the only cloudy you can get? But yeah, uh, <laughs> this, this is great. Uh, that, and, and I think... An excellent example of, of a company that does one thing really well, which is this emulation of Android in another operation system, particularly Windows, although they do work on Mac OS, uh, starting a cloud service, Amazon style, that's out there. Uh, they also have a, a, an online game service, so they're leveraging that uh, with X bluestacks.com uh so i a, a great example of something that's been you know bubbling under since i was doing buzz out loud back in the day uh and has succeeded without you know getting a lot of controversy uh, or a lot of attention so i think it's worth checking out another thing that succeeded uh at least in one place is something called the station this is an automated landing space and payload control tower made by matternet and now fully functional at the eoc hospital group medical facility in lugano switzerland down in the south the station provides a safe place for a cargo drone to land swap its battery out and it's protected from the elements and anybody who might have interests in its medical cargo because again this is a hospital the first packages will be temperature sensitive hard shell cases with vital of things like lab samples, medication, even blood inside that would normally be transferred overland but have a short shelf life. So going by drone can be advantageous. The station includes a small collection door. It could be opened by an authorized party, kind of like restricted areas of a hospital itself. The station's first big deployment will be in Abu Dhabi, where Matternet is working with SkyGo and the city's health department to roll out a network of 40 stations across the city. TechCrunch pointed out, too, that uh, this is one of those rare cases where the prototype, like the concept art, is what it ended up looking like. Like this big flower thing that they showed off uh, before is is not just the concept art. It's actually what they built. Yeah, it, it really does. It looks like it looks like some sort of steel art thing that you might see in the front of an office building of some kind. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's neat. It's uh, up above the ground enough so that yeah, it would be quite difficult for somebody to get in there. Um, and it sounds like they're trying to keep it as locked down as possible so that uh, sensitive material can fly and land safely. Yeah. To all those people who are like, wait, you're just going to land blood samples on the lawn. People will steal them. Here's your answer. It's mattered it. All right, let's check out the mailbag. Let's do it. Okay. So we got the iPhone 13. We covered it in depth a few weeks ago now. And Ryan says the ProRes raw ca- video capture on iPhone, phone 13 is perfect for his work. And he gives us an example. Ryan says, I run a small media entertainment business, do quite a bit of video recording in a small studio with my clients. I've been using a Canon XA10 for close to 10 years. I also have a Canon 7D DSLR and a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema 1080. 
the XA10 lets me record to a memory card, set it and forget it while I interview clients in front of a green screen. The pocket cinema shoots raw, but is suffering from a slow and painful death. Because my space is small, post-production can get tricky with regards to camera focus and color correction against the chroma keyer, especially if my subject is moving around in their seat a lot. I was looking at a pocket cinema 4K for my studio space, but when Apple announced ProRes RAW on the iPhone 13 Pro, made me reconsider my decision. Then when my phone carrier offered me a sizable trade credit for my current iPhone to keep me paying them for another three years, made it a no-brainer for me. That's great. I love I love getting this uh, in the field example of what it's good for, uh, and this is this is a great example uh, of of a small business we, which we kind of talked about with Schleicher, uh, yeah. a small business mm-hmm. that that you know needs needs what the phone can do without having to spend extra on a separate device. That's perfect. It, it is fascinating as the term prosumer has kind of gone out of favor that we are seeing exactly how much the the low middle and high realms of of stuff like video equipment which used to be very very pricey and very stratified are now kind of collapsing and then Corey k uh wanted to know is it just me or did anyone else think about the ed 209 from robocop during wednesday's story about the amazon astro it follows you on sentry mode it can't go downstairs i will never be able to unsee this says Corey. (laughs) oh if you um if you think about robocop uh and any of our other stories or if you have questions or comments or any feedback at all and anything that we talk about on the show do send it our way because we love to know what you're thinking feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com we'd also like to thank our brand new bosses we got two of them today shafiula and jonathan lockhart just started backing us on patreon thank you shafiula thank you jonathan yeah now listen, here's the secret. A lot of times when we get two new patrons, the next day we don't get any. So if you want the spotlight all to yourself, patreon.com slash DCN. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to dance with anybody. Yep. It is a solo, a solo show. Dance <laughs> empty. Thank you also to Justin Robert Young. Justin, how's Austin, Texas treating you? Well, you know, as much as I love doing DTNS every single Thursday, I got to say I've had one eye this entire time also on everything that's unfolding in Congress right now. If you're not up to speed on what's happening with the infrastructure bills, plural, and whether or not the Democrats are going to fight with each other and implode the entire situation, then you can catch up on it on the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast. We laid everything out on our Wednesday show Later today, because I got to wait for the news to happen before I talk about it, we will be posting our our late edition. And then on Friday's episode, which will come out tomorrow, we take a look back in time at the last time we had something like this. And that was the passage of Obamacare. Indeed, two recalcitrant Democrat senators stood in the way of passing that gigantic law as well. What happened? What did they get? And is it a roadmap to what will happen this time? You can find it all out on the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast, wherever you find podcasts. I am most upset at the U.S. government right now for not having a decision in time for you to explain it to me during my dog walk this morning. So, <laughs> really, yeah, it, come on, it, people. It totally people. thrown my Thursday Get into it together. Into I, am, I am all over the map right I now. I don't blame Justin, by the way. He's doing the right thing. Yeah, it's the government. Think of Tom and his dogs. Exactly. Uh, also think of us live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC, because that's when we're live. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live and join us if you can. Lots of fun. We'll be back doing it all again tomorrow with Patrick Norton and Len Peralta. Talk to you then. 
show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.